0: There's tremendous irony in a song, "Son of Light, <laughs> Light of the Senses" today. So I am going to uh, put this microphone on. I, I realize there's no amplification for you, but Ricky assures me she is filming the service today to put on our website later for those who usually stream, and she promises me that this microphone will get sound to that camera. So that's why uh, the microphone uh, for today. Um, also, I, we don't we don't have any lights on. We don't have any. Uh, microphones. But there there are some advantages to that. If you haven't done it yet, look at our stained glass windows. You can see how magnificent they are. Uh, Sometimes during the week, especially in the afternoons, I sneak in here by myself when the lights are off just to see these. Um, it's It's a view that we don't always get. So take a moment to pay attention to the stained glass and listen to how great it sounds to have us all crammed together as we sing. Um, the sound is just marvelous as we are all so close together singing. Uh, but as we prepare for our scripture lesson this morning, uh, we, we have been looking at passages where uh, Jesus spends time at, uh, at a meal with his followers, with the people he loves, and sometimes even his enemies. And so uh, we're going to continue that series today, uh, looking at a passage from Luke chapter 14. Uh, We'll be looking at Luke 14, verses 15 to 24. If you usually follow along, you are welcome to do so, but it is dark. If you just want to listen, that's okay too. We'll be reading from Luke chapter 14, verses 15 to 24, and we will use the, uh, the NIV today. But first, let's go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Oh Lord, as we gather together in this moment, in the dark, in the cold, we thank you that nonetheless you are here. We thank you that you are the light of our senses. We thank you for, for pianos. We thank you for the sound of the human voice. We thank you for the chance to, to pray together, to sing together, to hear your word. We ask that you would uh, be with us as we gather and worship. We ask that your spirit would move in and among and through us in this moment. That you would open our ears and our minds, our hearts and our lives. That you would help us come to know who you are and who you have called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 14 beginning at verse 15. Listen to the word of God. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done. But there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes, compel them to come in, so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O God, as the echo of your word still hangs in this place. We ask that you would help your word to find its way into our ears, into our minds, into our hearts, into our lives. We ask that uh, through your word we would come to know who you are and that we would come to know who you have called us to be, that we might leave this place a changed people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Still room. Uh, This this story that Jesus tells, this is is a parable. And the, the parables are They're problems. and the parables are problematic. They uh, they, they resist any rigid rules. They they defy definition. Uh, The the parables can mean many things all at the same time. This one is a great example. Even just those those two words, still room. uh, Those two words can mean so many different things depending on who you are when you hear them. As we read this parable, as we see these words, we see this this proclamation that there is still room, uh, right away we we can understand that it's a a word of blessing. Uh, For those who, who thought they were not invited to the banquet, who thought there was no place for them at the feast, for those who did not know that they were welcomed or accepted, there is still room. This is a word of blessing. This is good news. This is the reminder that they are known. That they are loved. That they are accepted. That they are welcomed. That their lives are important. This this promise that there is still room. This is good news. For those who have yet to hear the invitation. There is still room. But. The parable doesn't end there. There's. There's a whole other category of people who hear these same words, who hear that there's there's still room. There's the other group of people who have already been invited and have chosen not to respond. A group of people who have have heard the invitation but have not acted on it. A group of people who know that they are welcome and don't seem to care. People who don't seem to have a, a living faith of people who refuse to come to the feast who refuse to join the banquet people who refuse to 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 do the work to come to the table and for that group of people this this notion that there is still room is not a blessing it's a it's a warning it's a warning that their their actions the actions they take the decisions that they make can keep them from coming to this table A warning that they will miss out on the feast that's going to happen one way or the other. A warning that they will miss the banquet that is going on even at that very moment. A warning that they have been invited and yet there's still room. We read these words, they're words of blessing for those who are waiting for an invitation, there's still room. They're words of warning to those who have already been invited, they've been invited, but there's still room. And if if you need to hear one of those messages, they are both in this parable. If you need to hear a blessing, if you need to be reminded that you are loved, that you are welcome here, That God accepts you for who you are. That God loves you no matter what. If you need to hear that your life matters and is important, then hear this parable. There is still room for you. But if you need the warning, if you're not sure that you've been following as you should, if you're not sure you've heeded the call, hear the warning. You've been invited, but there's still room. If you need the blessing, if you need the warning, they're both in this parable. But I, I don't think that's actually the message for those of us gathered here today. You have received the invitation. I hope. And pray that you already know that you are loved, that you are welcome, that you are accepted. I hope you already know that your life matters, that you are important to God, and that God loves you no matter what. You have already received the invitation. That's why you're here. And you've already responded. That's why you're here. Look, you got to church this morning. There was neither light nor heat, and you came in anyway. You have already chosen to respond. Your faith is a living faith. You have heard the invitation and you have made the response. You understand that the actions you take and the decisions you make are important. You have a living faith. That's why you can hear the sound of my voice. Even if you can't see my face. You understand that you've been invited and you have chosen to make a response. And so, I don't think the message for you at this moment is primarily a message of blessing. I hope you already understand that you are blessed. I don't think it's a a message of warning. I don't know that you need it at this moment. I think. I think the message for us who have chosen to gather in this cold, dark moment, those of us who have chosen to hear these words, those of us who have chosen to come together and worship, I think the message is a little different. We are not those awaiting an invitation. We have it. We are not those deciding whether to respond. We have already responded. We are a different group. And if you look in this parable, it just so happens there's a third group. There are the people awaiting the invitation. There are the people refusing the invitation. And then there are the people who are already at the table. There's that third group of people who have already heard the invitation and already decided that they will serve the host of this meal. That they will serve the Lord of this banquet. They will serve the master of this feast. There are the people who are already at the table. And to them, the host says, look around you. There's still room. And if there's still room, notice how the host feels about the room. The host is angry. The host does not want extra room. The host looks at this extra space at the table and says to the people who are there, There's still room. Go fill it. There is still room. Go out into the streets and the roads and the alleys and the hedges and bring people in. Go bring people to this feast. Fill the feast. Pack this banquet. Make this house overflow. There is still room. Bring people back to this place. There is still room. So invite someone to come with you. And this is where we get very nervous. As Presbyterians... Because this, is, this whole bit about inviting people to come with you, this is starting to feel like evangelism. <laughs> don't tell a Presbytery I said that word but this is starting to feel like evangelism this is starting to feel like going out and bringing people back into your faith and we don't we don't know what to do with that as Presbyterians it makes us very nervous as Presbyterians we like to do things decently and in order we like rules we like regulations we like systems and structures and steps we like to know what to do and when to do it that's how we keep doing it in order Right, as Presbyterians, all this stuff about going and inviting people, that sounds chaotic and that's not really what we do. So, this week, as I've been studying this passage and preparing for this sermon, I've spent some time and I have come up with a four-step process. (laughs) We can do this four steps. Now, it would be so much better if there were three. Our working memories do better with three, but we can, we can do four. And if you need to, you can write it down. I will, let's face it, I'm not going to speak slowly. You know me better than that. But you do know that I'm going to say it more than once. So if you need to write it down, you can. We've got four steps, four things we can do. And if we follow these four steps, we can follow them both decently and in order as we try to bring people back to this place. So the first one, of course, step number one, you gotta get step number one right. If you don't do number one, you're not doing it in order. So make sure you get step number one, listen very closely, think very hard about step number one. You've got to do step one first. If you do, the rest will take care of themselves. Step number one, think hard about this one. Step number one, stop thinking so hard. This is not easy for us as Presbyterians, but stop overthinking it. Now, immediately, you're wondering if you're the kind of person who overthinks things. You're wondering if Presbyterians really do overthink things, and when you'll know when you've stopped overthinking things, and now you're wondering if you've already overthought things, and at this point, please go back and see step one. (laughs) Stop thinking so hard. Step number two, bring someone to something. Step three, enjoy. Step four, repeat. There's your four-step process. (laughs) Stop thinking so hard. Bring someone to something. Enjoy and repeat. Now, because we're Presbyterians and because we have trouble with step one, you've probably latched on to step two already. And you're probably beginning to wonder to yourself, when he says to bring someone, what does he mean by bringing? Does that mean we should come together or should we meet at the church? Should we come by by car? Should we come by train? Should we come by bus? Should we come by plane? Should we walk? Should we drive? Should we watch online? And the answer is yes. Do any of them. You can meet at the church. You can come together. You can take a bus or a train or a car or a plane. You can walk. You can drive. You can watch online. Just bring someone. It doesn't really matter how you do it. Now, immediately after we get through this, what it means to bring, now we're stuck on the word someone. Because chances are, you're wondering, now we should step back and say, if, if we really want to follow step number one, we shouldn't be diving into this quite as far as we are. But one time only, let's spend time on step number two here. Let's talk about who someone is. You may be wondering to yourself, is someone a person in my family, a person at work, a person at school, a person in my neighborhood, a person who lives in my home? Who is the someone? Please see step one. The answer is yes. In fact, chances are good because this is how the Holy Spirit works, that someone is already in your mind. And if not, chances are very good that you're working very hard to keep someone in particular from coming to mind. That's where you should start. The person who just popped into your mind, bring that person to something. Bring someone to something. To something. But of course, then that brings us to the really tricky one. What is the something? As a congregation, we we have the unique challenge of having three different Sunday morning services. So you may be wondering to yourself, the person who has just occurred to your mind, uh, that person, is that person someone who would really uh, do best at 11? Or is it someone you should bring to 9? Or is it someone you should bring to 8? Or maybe it's someone who's not really ready for a Sunday morning regular service yet. Maybe you should start somewhere else. Again, please, see step one. But, if you're not sure if that person who's occurred to you is is ready for a regular Sunday morning service, I have spectacular news. Most of the week is not Sunday morning. Most of what we do as a church does not happen at our regular Sunday morning services. Which means there are lots of other opportunities to bring that someone to something. In fact, This morning, you have a golden opportunity. Wednesday is the last soup supper. It means there are no more after it. That means it is very low stakes, low investment, low commitment, and low risk bring someone to the soup suppers on Wednesday. They don't have to have been to any of the ones before. Come at six o'clock. And if you're worried that we may run out of space, we're we're not gonna run out of space. There is still room. If we fill the tables, we will set up more tables. If we run out of food, we will go buy more food. There is still room. Bring someone to something. Bring someone to the soup suppers on Wednesday. There's still room. Maybe that's not the right thing. Maybe you know someone who would benefit from our Sunday evening women's book study. There's still room. Or bring someone to to the Monday men's huddle. There's still room. Bring someone to Tuesday's koinonia there's still room. Bring someone to Wednesday's Bible Basics, there's still room. Bring someone to Knitting for Mission on Thursdays, there's still room. Bring someone to the Journeymen on Friday, there's still room. Bring someone to the Evergreens, there's still room. Bring someone to Club 345, there's still room. Bring someone to Kids Night Out, there's still room. Bring someone to Kids Sunday School, there's still room. Bring someone to Vacation Bible School, there's still room. Bring someone to Youth Breakfast, there's still room. Bring someone to Youth Group, there's still room. Bring someone to Confirmation Class, there's still room. Bring Bring someone to the youth trips. There's still room. Bring someone to the choir. There's still room. Bring someone to the praise team, there's still room. Bring someone to the falls, handbells. There's still room. Bring someone to the about-to-be-announced a praise, team choir. There's still room. Bring someone to Word Sung, there's still room. Bring someone to the center for hope. There's still room. Bring someone to the ladle, there's still room. Bring someone to Ansby class. there's still room. Bring someone to Bible with Joan, there's still room. Bring someone to the breakfast club, there's still room. Bring someone to eight o'clock. There's still room. Bring someone to nine o'clock there's still room. Bring someone to 11 o'clock, there's still room. Bring someone to the Czech Republic, there's still room. Bring someone to day on the lawn, because there is lots and lots and lots of room. There is still room. And that's to say nothing about our dinner fellowships, that's to say nothing about hammer and nails, that's to say nothing about our stockings, that's to say nothing about blanket Sundays, and all the other things I don't have the breath to say. There is still room. And if you think back on that list, if you look through the website, if you look through interpretation and you know what the right thing is and you can't find it, if you know what the right thing is and we don't have it, then your job is very easy. Tell us and let's build it together. There's still room. We have been invited to this banquet. We have been invited to this feast and there's still room it's not a word of blessing it's not a word of warning it's a word of it's a word of challenge it's a word of opportunity it's a word of adventure it's a it's a dare there is still room. So let's, let's pack this banquet. Let's fill this feast. Let's bring the people we love to the Lord who has loved us. Let's bring the people who are important to us to this faith that is so important to us. Let's bring the people in our community to this place that is transforming this community. Let's fill the feast. Let's pack the banquet. Let's bring someone to something. There is still room. Stop thinking so hard. Bring someone to something. Enjoy and repeat. For us, this parable is not a word of blessing. It's not a word of warning. It's a word of challenge. Bring someone to something. You're already at the feast and there's still room. Amen. <laughs> this is how parables work parables are so problematic they defy definition they they resist the rules they mean many things at the same time if you need a word of blessing hear these words there is still room you are loved you are invited you are welcome you are accepted God loves you no matter what as you look at this feast there is still room if you need a word of warning know That you have been invited and yet there's still room. If you're not sure what it means to follow, if you're not sure you're giving your all, there is still room. But if you have heard the invitation and chosen to respond, hear this word of challenge. You are at this feast and there's still room. Stop thinking so hard. Bring someone to something. Enjoy and repeat. There is still room. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.